Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. Hi. Hi. How you guys doing? Good. I'm on the floor down here. And uh, how many of you guys were here last week for, with Bobby? I'm telling you guys, listen, you better get here next week. Service starts at 1030. I say 930. I'm serious. When we had Bill on a Thursday night, a Thursday night, we had over 400 people in this room packed out. And I can't even imagine. So, fair warning to you. You're here, and I just believe what the Lord's going to bring next week is going to be so powerful. And I can't wait for I'm just looking forward to that. Love when Bobby was here. We had a prophet on. Now we have an apostle on board, jumping on next week. And uh, I just want you guys to be ready. You guys ready for that? Yeah. Also be in prayer, too, because that, that is going to be a powerful, it's going to be a powerful week next week, yeah. starting Thursday night. And you know what? Just to let you know that we had no idea Georgian would be coming on March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. He just, he's, he wanted to use our space, and we worked together, and then we had Bill on the 4th. I just think that's God ordained, putting it like back to back like that. And so anyway, we have some really cool testimonies. And I had, I had Andrew come up here because um, Andrew and I were just spending, he's like, should I say something? I, I go, share the testimony. It's so good. And so we're going to do that. And uh, you should share your dream too that you had. And you should share about the staff meeting too. And then you should. And then, and then, and then I'll come up and I want to talk to you about the love of God and the wrath of God. So, uh, and hopefully I'll have a little bit of time to talk about that. So those are very small subjects. Um, okay, anyway, so I'm going to turn it over to... All right. Uh, hey, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, right? So when someone shares a testimony, this is something that you can grab a hold of and make it your own. You claim it as your own, all right? So for like this, for sure, for a solid year, I've just been asking God... Like, Lord, I want to know you tangibly. I want to experience you tangibly. I felt Jesus uh, the second week that I was pursuing. Actually, it was like a week, a total week in days. That makes no sense. But so uh, I accepted Jesus on August 3rd, and then I was baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, a week later from that day. It was from a Tuesday to a Tuesday. Make sense? That was the last time that I could remember. Like, I get chills. I feel God. I feel his presence. I could recognize his voice. I hear God, but like, I was like, God, I want, like, I'm, I'm hungry for more of you. And people experience you in great ways, and I, I want what they experience. I want that. So th- this is a testimony of my prayer. So how many of you guys want more of God? Yes. Amen. And it's, it is nothing that, there's nothing that we can do but ask. There's no work that we can do. We can't perform and receive more of his love. We can't perform and, and receive more of him. It, look, when you said yes, that, that means yes. Yes to the, the fullness of Jesus. For everything he has for your life, you've said yes. And there are moments when we just say, for the rest of our life, we say yes again, yes again, yes God, more, more God, more God. Right? Continue for the rest of our lives. Monday night, so we had a great Sunday last Sunday, and uh, Monday night, Sunday was a regular night, our kids were super tired, and we got to spend time with family, Monday, Monday was our day off, I think, we had 
a day off, and then we went to sleep. And the Tuesdays, we have staff meeting every Tuesday. We talk about you guys and how we can pastor you guys better. And uh, (laughs) so uh, Monday night, I had a dream. And in my dream, I mean, you guys know I have dreams. I've told you that before. Uh, In my dream... I was wearing, uh, I saw myself, and I'm wearing what my dad wears to the beach. My mom, hi, mom. She's, my mom's Cindy right here. Raise your hand. Say hi. So, so my mom is, is such a prayer warrior. She's super prophetic. Her ceiling is my floor. I know, and I, like when I see her life, I'm like, God, you have called me. Like, I know, just because I see what my mom's done. Like, anyway, so, uh, so she knows I was telling my mom this dream. I was like, I was wearing what dad wears to the beach. And she's like, all right. So (laughs) why are you wearing that? No, just messing. So uh, he he has this blue shirt. He has a blue shirt that uh, has the sleeves cut off, and it's a button-up, and it's like a light plaid. And he wears these khaki shorts, like, all the time. So I was wearing what my dad was wearing, and uh, my... (laughs) My shirt was buttoned down like to here, and I was like sweating like I was working, not sweating like I was sitting in the sun enjoying at life at the beach. I was, I, was, I was like laboring, and I'm here just outside these doors right here, these ones, and Pastor Greg comes up to me, and he touches me on my right shoulder, and he goes, I need you to take the next service, and I'm like, okay, in a dream, you just understand what's going on sometimes. Like, nothing is always explained, but you just understand. So my understanding in the dream was we were having multiple services. My understanding was in the dream, God was moving to the point where we could not contain it. So I'm sitting there, and I am tired, and I'm sweating, and I'm in my beach clothes, and I go to my office, and I'm like, all right, he needs me to, he needs me to take the next one. So I'm putting my shirt on like a shirt, that almost looks like the one that he's wearing today, that we're, we have the same shirt, and we were matching this morning. That's where so I, I was like, Taylor, Taylor, do you have a hoodie, or do you have something I can wear? He's like, I, I got a hoodie, bro, here. Take the, so I did have a button-up on, but, you know, great minds think alike, and so I just want to be like, I want to be like my dad. No, just, <laughs> so so uh, I was buttoning up a shirt. It looked, it looked just like it's dark, you know, it's like nice dark shirt. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And I walk into the room. I come through these doors and every, look guys, when he said, I need you to take the next meeting, it wasn't, hey, I need you to preach this next meeting and we're going to, you know, no, it was like, I need you to just facilitate is what it meant. I need you to just make sure everything's smooth. There's toilet paper in the bathrooms and I need you to make, guys, this room was in revival. I walk in and there's people holding swords in the air. In the spirit, there's all different kinds. You know those beautiful swords that have like the hand guards on them? There's like diamonds in them, guys. And there's like, some of them were like super shiny and other ones were like grimy, like real grimy, like a war sword. Like I want one of those. And not that, not that there's a better or worse, but just like they matched who you guys were individually, your own personal sword. Like, and there was this wave, this translucent wave, throughout the entire building, throughout the entire sanctuary, wall to wall. And I get in and I'm like, we're not going to be able to contain the wave. Like this is, like this is, there's nothing we can do. We're just, we're just here. We're just worshiping. And there's a surfer, imagine a surfer, not in California because they wear bodysuits because the water's so cold. Imagine a surfer like in Hawaii uh, (laughs) that, you know, they wear regular beach shorts and he's like, 
riding this translucent wave. He had surfer boy hair, you know, and he's like riding this wave. And in our staff meeting, Caitlin said something. We were talking about what Bobby Connor said over our house. Pastor Greg asked, Bobby, what do you see over our house? And he says, well, you're one resurrection away from going to multiple services. You're one resurrection away from going to multiple services. So after she reminded us of, uh, we were dialoguing about what he said. The Lord brought back the memory of why Pastor Ray came and put me out, tapped me on my right shoulder and said, I need you to take the next one. I remember what I saw in the room while the wave was going as he was laying his hand on dead people. And they were raising, the dead were raising. So we say, yes, God, we say, yes, God. After I shared the dream, guys, oh, God, you're good. We had been in the room about a half an hour. We're talking our little conference room. We have these Ikea tables that Pastor Randy scored on. We just gathered them and we sit down. Guys, there's no, like, we didn't have uh, essential oil diffusers going or anything. <laughs> like, guys, we're just like regular people. We're in regular clothes in a regular room with regular tables. But something irregular happened. <sighs> guys, as we're sitting... A fragrance fills the room. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, like, in my chairs, same old chairs that we have here. And I'm sitting there, and <laughs> I look at Jordan, and I'm, Jordan's sitting here, I'm like, did you wear cologne today? <laughs> and he's like, no. I look at Hannah, she's sitting here. I'm going, did you just put oil on? She's all into the oils and stuff. And she's like, no. And I'm like, do you smell that? And Pastor Ray does this. He goes, <laughs> he's sitting in his chair. He has like his old office chair. We got him a new chair and he has his old one. And he sits back. He's like, this is weird. <laughs> God, this never happens to me. But I smell it. I smell it. It was a... Fr- Anthony, Anthony, he's in the sound, there's two Anthonys in the sound, but Anthony Pereira, sitting, he's sitting across, Jenny sits directly across, and he's sitting in the seat next to her, he's weeping. Guys, the presence of God, just his fragrance filled the room. We have, we have a staff meeting planned every Tuesday to, to map out the next week and talk about conferencing. Let me tell you, he, he just, he took the whole agenda. We just sat in that room, and we're just saying, yeah, God, whatever you want to do, you're worth it. You're worth our time. You're worth, that's what we want. That's what I want. I just want his presence. So when you ask, expect no limitation, right? He, he comes. Um, you want me to show the other, the other dream about, or the other? It's about the presence, yeah. One thing that the Lord's marked my heart with, and he, he's called me and to recognize this. He shows me this all the time. Ever since I remember, I've always loved, I've always loved my old brothers and sisters in Christ. My, the elder, I loved hanging out with my grandparents and other people's grandparents and now my spiritual, gram, my spiritual grandma. 
Grandma Susie. How many of you guys know Susie Gasper? Yeah. <clears throat> I want, one thing, I, I shared this with Pastor Greg this morning. On Friday, we had an amazing conversation. Every conversation we have, like we just talk about Jesus. We talk about the church and we dream. <sighs> Get the dreams of our grandmothers. They're important. Um, so, she, uh, <laughs> I'm putting you a little bit on the spot. I'm sorry. Okay. I can make you share. Do you want to share? <laughs> but all, all I need you to do is just, I, I, I don't want to take a testimony or a dream or, or ever try to like puff it up. That's not, so I just want you to bear witness if, if it's true, what, what you said, what you told me on Friday was that uh, in every location that we've had, you've had this, she said, I, I'm not, I don't want to disrespect you and, and, and because you're, you're prophetic. You are prophetic, right? You, you see God and you hear God. So one thing that sometimes we do is like, I, I, it, she said, it, it wasn't a vision. It was, it was, I didn't have a dream or a vision. But she starts telling me this. And I'm like, that is a dream. That is a vision. <laughs> you do hear God. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And she said, uh, it started on Blaycow, our old location. And, and um, even she sees it here. She sees this in her spiritual eye. You know, we see... We see with our natural, but we can see in the spirit as well. She said, in every location she's seen this, but she opens the door. These are, you know, our doors that we have to get in our building. She opens the door and she sees the glory cloud. Remember, whenever we see these symbols, a wave, a cloud, a pillar of smoke, a pillar of fire, what's that represent? God, Right? He's, he's, he speaks to us in his word and he gives us images to remember him by so that when you think it's your big imagination, no, 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 no. He speaks to us in the familiar ways that we remember him that he's done before. He does new ways as well, but don't, don't write it off when it's something you've experienced before and you think it's just your imagination again. It's not just your imagination. It's not just your imagination. So... <laughs> I don't even really know that song. I just know that one line. Come on. No, so, so she opens the doors. You see yourself opening the door. And what do you say? Come on in. Yeah. She opens the door. And she says, come on in. And this morning we did it as a prophetic declaration, saying, come on in. And she then said, we had a little further conversation, and I added, because she, she said, come on in, the water's fine. I think she's meaning like, you know, more, the people, more people, more souls. I, there's multiple things that are going on here. This is generations. We value the generations. We value the young, the old, everyone in between. There's no junior or senior Holy Spirit. He's looking for a body who is unified in love and in truth who will yield to him through every generation and be okay with him doing whatever he wants to do. So my grandma Susie, she said yes. And I said, can that be your job every Sunday? <laughs> Open the door and say, come on in. We never, we never stop discovering who we are in Jesus. There's always something new. Doesn't matter how old you are. 
or how young. He's always doing something in us. So, Amen. 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 I'll tell you, the, <clears throat> the reason why I feel like that's so significant is that now, if you remember where we were on the old A-frame building, we moved that from that building in 2007. So, 2006, or 2007. And <clears throat> the thing is, is that uh, we have people who are sowing, getting dreams, asking the Holy Spirit to come, and no one knows about it. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I felt it was important in light of the dream that Andrew had. And yes, I did push myself back in the chair. And I did say, this never happens to me. I did say that. It's a new day for me, right? How many of you guys have seen angels? That never happens to me, see? So, uh, and I shouldn't say never, right? I'm sure I've entertained angels without knowing. And so, uh, but I, I feel like the Lord is, is, is um, I think the Lord's speaking to us. And I think that we just need to, um, we need to buckle up our seatbelts in a good way, enjoy the ride, because I think the Holy Spirit's moving us into another level of glory, right? Doesn't mean you ever leave the previous level. It just means you go to another one. And the previous level's foundation for the next one. And so I, I feel like we're on this, uh, we're on the verge of something really cool, right. really exciting. God speaks to his prophets, and I'm a, I'm a big believer in the fivefold. And I believe that uh, when he speaks like that, for the, if we all bear witness with that, then we can, we can go for it. We can believe God for it. And uh, so I want to believe the Lord that will raise the dead. Amen. Why not, right? Why not? Turn to your neighbor and say, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why can't we believe for that? And, uh, and so anyway, um, I just wanted to, I just felt like it was, I felt let, let the Lord to have Andrew share that just so you'd be encouraged. And uh, you can open up any door. You can open up your, the door to your house and say, come in Holy Spirit, right? You can open the door to the building and say, come on in Jesus. And, uh, and he does. He's, he always comes where he's invited. He always comes where he's invited. So that's why we should open up the door of our hearts. Just say, come in. In fact, I think you should just tell him now. Come in. Just come in. Come in. Um, so... I never know what's going to happen from one Sunday to the next. I always have a plan, just in case. <laughs> and so, uh, that's what you get when you get me. I have a plan, just in case. But, and I think that's God-ordained, too. But I'm always open to where the wind blows. We want to catch this, the wind of, and put our sails to it, right? And Because uh, the wind's blowing somewhere else, and we're trying... Sales aren't going to do much if it's pushed the wrong direction. So welcome to the big adventure. Welcome to never really knowing what God's going to do from week to week. Who knows what's going to happen next week? I mean, who knows? 
I'm ready though. Yeah, you guys need to be encouraged. Look at, tell you, tell the person next to you, God is uh, really, like, really cool. And you can use the word like too, like he's like really, really cool. So it happens when you hang around teenagers, young adults. Anyway, uh, good to have Pastor at Gina with us today. And. Uh, Always good, always good. Um, so as soon as I sit down, she's telling me about Iran and everything else. And she was supposed to be here earlier, but she could something about her car broke down or something. So she squeezed in a little bit later. So you're, we're glad you're here. Yeah, so fun. And I told her I would announce her. She's like, oh, don't do it. I know what she really meant. So... And good to have Lydia with us again this weekend. That's two weekends in a row. If you don't know who that is, that's my beautiful younger, youngest daughter. Uh, and so she came down from, from Bethel today. So that's interesting. People came down from Bethel today to be a convergence. Wow. Any, are you guys from Bethel? Put your hand up. Welcome. All right. All right, so don't, don't start giving me prophetic words. I can see all the prophetic people. It's going to happen more and more. In fact, we actually got a word. We actually, that reminds me of a word I did receive about that. So, so welcome. Glad you guys are here. All right. Take your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And I, I want to I just, I just want to talk with you today in the, in the 20 minutes I have, 20, 25 minutes I have with you. You guys are already laughing. Uh, I'm trying to get done. I always, I always try hard to get done on time. Never happens. Seldom happens. Uh, I should say that. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know how this, how the, uh, the road that we're traveling on this morning will end. So I just know I need to start and then we'll find out where it goes. That cool? Everyone say that's cool. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about the wrath of God and the love of God. And I know those are huge subjects, and I have 20 minutes to, to do a record, whatever, revelation around this, around, this, around this topic. But I always want to start with the love of God. And so, did I say 1 John chapter 4? Yes. Verse 8? Yes. Did I say that? Really? Wow, let's start at verse 7. <laughs> Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from, love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Doesn't say God knows about love. The very essence of love is God. For God is love. Verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, 
not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Who loves first? Who loves first? God does. God's love is always reaching. God's love is eternal and constant. We love God because he first loved us. This is, this is love. I'm sorry, verse uh, 10. This is love. Not that, that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. <clears throat> so we understand that God is love, but we, let's define love. Because love, the definition of love is pretty messed up. So I, can, I have the capacity to say that I love God, I love my wife, and I love my little poodle <laughs> named Macy. Yes, Wendy has a poodle. I don't. It just doesn't sound too manly to have a toy poodle, you know? So we could love God, love our spouse, love our dog, and love our ice cream or love whatever we love. So we could equate, my, I could easily equate my love for God for my love for food. If I were to ask you, define love for me. I'd probably get a hundred different definitions. So if we were to understand that God is love, it's really good for us to know what love is. Because that kind of love defines God. So the Greek word for love uses four words, which we're not going to go into that this morning, this afternoon. Oh, my. This afternoon. But in essence, the love that he's talking about is agape, agape love, which is not I love you if, and not I love you because. I love you, period. That's what that kind of love is. God's love is not based on conditions. God's no, love is not if you do this or because you do that. It's just I love you, period, and it's 100%. God doesn't withhold love. Love is always coming like a force. I like to define love as seeking the highest good. So God, God's love is always seeking my highest good. Every moment of every minute of every day. There's not one time in the character of God, in my relationship with God, 
where he's not seeking my highest good in every situation. So when it says that God loves us, what the scripture is saying is that he's constantly seeking my highest good constantly. So much so that even in my sin, even when I was going to be eternally separated from God, he sent Jesus, the God-man. In other words, he put, he put flesh on himself, and he came and he lived among us, who was a sinless man, and because of that, he actually atones for my sin. That's how much he loves us. The reflection of God's love, the essence, I'll say that, of God's love is found in Jesus Christ. God is love. It says in John 3.16, which you should all have memorized, for God so loved the world, I'm reading out of the NIV, I memorized it in New King Jimmy, James. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved, he gave. Because love always gives. Love doesn't wait to receive, though We do receive, but love always gives. There's nobody who loves more than God. And the greater degree of love that you express, because in order to love somebody, you have to make yourself vulnerable. All right? And the more you abandon yourself to that kind of vulnerability in love, the more you can actually be hurt. I say this, to the degree that one loves is the same degree that one can hurt. So if I've, if I've abandoned myself to a relationship completely, and that person walks away, then there's gonna be a lot of hurt that I'm gonna have to deal with. If I abandon myself, if I only go this far, the level of pain might be about this far. God is eternal. His love is is eternal. I don't think that, I do think God has emotions because we've seen it in Jesus. And I like the statement that whatever you don't see in Jesus, you have every right to question. In other words, I like the statement that you might even hear next week that Jesus is perfect theology. So if you can't find it in Jesus, you have a right to question it. So no one loves like God loves, and no one, the separation of that love is painful too. So, take a journey with me to Genesis chapter 1, and let's look at verse 26, 27, and 28. Are you guys with me so far? Yeah. 
Are you guys kind of wondering where I'm going? See, where's he going? Oh, we'll land the plane somewhere. Just enjoy the ride. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. So we see the plural. That's the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Isn't that amazing? That's a Selah moment. Every single person that's sitting in this room here today is made in the image of God and the likeness of God. I would encourage you to really study that because that's the very foundation of your existence. My existence. All humanity's existence. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them rule. Which is actually the foundation of Ecclesia. So, from the very beginning, sidebar, from the very beginning... We were born, we were created to love God and rule. We were created to be what I would consider the Garden of Eden as the house of prayer and to actually rule from encounter. Ecclesia is not a new message, it's just an old message that, the, that we're kind of getting enlightened on, getting revelation around. You guys with me so far? Yes. Say amen. amen. Let's get back to the love of God. God is love. Love seeks the highest good. You cannot have a loving relationship where, you, where there is force. In other words, love has to operate in a, in a realm of freedom. I can make, not that I would want ever to make Wendy do things, because I won't get that far anyway. But in some other countries of the world, the male can make the wife do many, many things. He could actually force her to do it. The one thing he can never do is force her to love him. Because from the very foundations of the world, back in Genesis chapter 1, God has given us free will. In other words, he's given me the ability to love or reject him. Why? Because God is love. And God looks for lovers. For those who actually love him, not because he's wired it into them, but to love them out of their own free will. See, he's wired, he's wired things into the universe. He's wired things into the animal kingdom. We call that amoral. That means that we call it instinct. 
So flies do flyy things. <laughs> Bees do bee things. You know, coyotes do coyotes things. Birds do birdie things. They migrate they, because God has just hardwired that into them. And we're amazed. We're discovering new things in the animal kingdom that you think with all of our technology, but no, with all of our technology, we're finding more. That's how creative God is. But for today, we have to understand that God has introduced something called free will when he created man and woman, mankind. Because of that reality, he's actually given us the capacity to relate to him. Now, I don't know if the trees of the field clap their hands. I think all of, I think all of nature and all of creation, there's something that we'll discover when we, see, when we get to heaven where, where the rocks cry out, all that. I think there's something real about all of that. But for us, he's actually given us a free will to actually choose him, which brings me to a, another point. <laughs> you guys with me so far? Because I'm building something. All right. There is some intentionality to what I'm doing. We are created with the capacity to know God. I want you to think about that for a moment. I don't know if that's locked in to the animal kingdom. I don't know. But we are created not only for the capacity to know God, but for the capacity to relate to and talk with God. And regardless of what the media says, he can talk to us. Oh, I'm tempted right now. I'm not going to. We are created for God. Now, when I say God, I'm talking about the eternal one. The one who doesn't have a beginning. And will never have an end. The one that's, we say holy, which means completely other than. We are created with the capacity. We are created with the capacity for God to not only fill us, but live in us. Isn't that crazy? I'm trying to find out where I'm at because I'm... Oh, okay. Ah, this is fun. It's unnatural. Boy, how do I say this? This is a double negative. It's unnatural to not love God. I know that's a double negative. It's unnatural to not love God. It's unnatural 
to sin. <laughs> okay, let me define that for a moment. I'll say it this way. Sin is unnatural. I'll make it a positive. It's natural to live for God. Why? Because we're created in his image and likeness. You are created for glory. I am created for glory. I am created to live eternally, and I will, in one place or another. In other words, as you sit there and I stand here, we're eternal beings, draped in flesh. The old will pass away and the new will come. So what have we established? God is love. God's created us in his likeness, image and likeness. He's given us free will. We have the ability to either choose, we have the ability to choose love or not choose love, regardless. That goes not with just our spouse, that goes with anybody. It's unnatural to sin. It works against us. That's why I say sin is insanity. Because sin has never worked and will never work. All you have to do is sit, look at the newspaper, get on the internet, go to your favorite news channel, whatever. Sin is insanity. But we keep doing it. When will the church the ecclesia of God, come to the greater revelation that I'm born for God's glory to reside in me. Though there's a sinful nature because of what Adam did, it doesn't mean I was created to sin. That's why when you're born again, the power of sin is broken. Just read the book of Romans. And you'll get that revelation. So now I'm on this quest from the time I'm born again on a daily basis to grow into the image and likeness of Jesus. So when I got born again, I am a new creation. And now I have the capacity based on what Jesus did to actually grow into the, the image and likeness of his son, Jesus. That's God's will for every person on the human race. Christianity is not a religion. Jesus didn't start a new religion. Christianity is about relationship. Religion is about conformity. Christianity is about life in relationship with the living God. You understand the difference? Are you out there? Just So, 
Sin is death. Sin derails us. Sin is insanity. Sin is the great separator. Evil is the absence of good. Evil is the absence of God. Much like darkness is the absence of light. We have evil in the world because we have taken God out of it. We have chaos in the world because we've forgotten the precepts. Come on, you guys. When we bounce prayer out of our schools, we suffer the consequences. Because when you move God out, you invite chaos in. Oh, someone help me now. <laughs> Romans 12. I'm going to conclude with the wrath of God. <laughs> Romans 12. You guys are with me all right? Say amen. amen. You might not agree with me, but at least you're thinking. Thinking through it, which is good. I like that. Let me read to you verse 18, and I'll just give you my, because I, you know, what's going on, I gotta make sure I get that, you know, what's going on in Parkland, Florida, what's going on in some of these other things all around our nation, troubles me. Does it you? Yes. But we politicize everything. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm praying about, how does God view it? Because that's what I'm concerned about. I'm not against politics, or I'm not against debate, I'm not against any of that. But when you take God out, there's a void that's going to be filled. So, verse 18 I wanted to establish, before I read verse 18, I wanted to establish the fact that God is love. That's so crucial. It's foundation. Everyone say, God is love. So foundational. This, this, I'm going to drive the point here in a, in a moment. Verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Wickedness. What do they do? Suppress the... Read it. Suppress the truth. Whose truth, Jesus? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus didn't come to give us life, but he came to give us life more abundantly. Verse 19, since they, so, since what 
may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. You've got to take that by faith. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. That's a heavy one. This is only chapter one of Romans. I'm in Romans one. Did I tell you? No, I did not tell you Romans one. I said like Leviticus or something. Oh my goodness! Go to Romans one. Here I am. I'm I'm, I'm triple checking this Romans one. I'm like, I know I'm in Romans one. Could I see Romans chapter two? Romans chapter 2. So Romans 1. Forgive me. Can we start again? Verse 18. Is it on the screen? 1984 NIV. All right. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their what? Wickedness, right? Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Thanksgiving is huge. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images, made to look like mortal man, and birds and animals and reptiles. Our images are different today. Images take a lot of different forms today. Verse 24. I want you to note verse 24, 26, and 28. But I'll read that. I just want you to see the phrase. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another, they exchanged the truth of God back to the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who was forever praised. Amen. Like Paul couldn't, he had, when he said creator, you can just see this, this bubbling of praise that's going to, so he, he adds that phrase, who is forever praised. Amen. You know, he's a, because of this, here's the phrase again, God gave them over. To what? Shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Verse 28. Furthermore, since they did not think it, worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, they avoided the truth, 
he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, every greed and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Boy, that's right in the list. Wow. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Amazing in the sense of, not amazing like amazing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. God is love. Now let let me just define for you my interpretation of the wrath of God. I think God's constantly reaching. I think the wrath of God comes when we get out from under the umbrella of his grace, his favor, and his goodness by willful rebellion. So what happens? I think, there's, I think when a person is conceived and born in the world, there's a grace that covers them. It's like an umbrella. The wrath of God is not so much God up there with some bat and he's ready to slug it out on the human race. Though I feel God, I do believe God's righteous. I do believe there needs to be a fear of the Lord in our land. But I also believe that when I step away, when I, when I do my own things, like it says here, the things that were listed, I actually take myself outside of his covering. And I expose myself to evil. Because the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy. Kill and destroy, right? That's his, that's his, that's his mission statement. Is to destroy God's creation that we are made in his image and likeness. There's no greater pleasure for the enemy than to take you out. To take out a city. To take out a region. To take out a nation. To take out nations. Why? Because the blood of Jesus was poured out for you. And there's no greater way of getting back at Jesus, he's the eternal one, than destroy the very heart of his affections, mankind. So when I take myself outside of the covering of God, guess what? I just stepped into wrath. The wrath of God is not so much God coming down, it's me stepping out. How does the enemy gain authority? Through continual sin. That's the only way he gains access. That's the only way he can gain access. 
It's called habitual sin. I'm not talking about you sin once and I'm talking about no, 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 no. And constantly they hear the truth of God and they ignore it. And they step outside the covering of God and here's the thing, God gives them over. Oh man. When does God give them over? What does that mean, God giving them over? It's kind of like the prodigal son, right? He wants to go, he wants to go, he wants to go, he wants to go. And finally the dad says, okay. Here's your inheritance, go. But the father's heart was beating for his son. The father's heart's beating for a nation. But in our willfulness, we're deciding what's right and what's wrong. We're ignoring his constitution. And we're in a big mess. And we've been that way. But there's a remnant. It's the ecclesia of God. It's the church. But the enemy wants to point his finger even at the church because we're the salt and light. If he could take out the church, he could take out what preserves a nation. That's why it's important that we just don't do church. Because there's a lot at stake. We have to legislate. Oh, come on now. Why? It's the heartbeat of a loving dad in heaven. Do you think the Lord takes any joy in what happened in Florida? We can get so caught up in the political spirit, we miss the kingdom. Could flip on Fox News, we get all caught up in gun control. I'm not saying, all, I'm not saying those things are wrong or evil, but we better go to a higher level and realm and understand who we are. You can have no guns, you're gonna have guns. Why? Because God has given them over. In other words, I don't, look at the, I don't look at God as the one who's the initiator as much as the person is the one who's doing this. I'm telling you, it's way harder to live Oh, I won't even go there because that takes me down a whole nother bunny trail. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, I know I was going to tell you I only had 20 minutes. 518 is that we are ministers of reconciliation.
I'm just encouraging you guys that there's a loving dad whose heart is bleeding over a nation. And if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in the political spirit that we do not see from heaven to earth. I just wonder, me included, if I just took more, if I replaced my viewing of current events on Twitter and just prayed instead. Now, I, I can view it and pray, but I'm just saying that chances, that doesn't usually happen with me. I just get mad. <laughs> and everyone probably does in their own way. But I think there's, there's something that the Lord wants to release over us today is that the wrath of God is not... It's not God coming down with anger. It's man stepping outside of his will. But it's about, it's about the father whose, whose love does still, at that point, doesn't keep, keeps on coming, doesn't give up. Always reaching. And this is where you and I come in. This is what he's called us to. To govern and to legislate, to bring hope to people, to see their brokenness. Regardless of how you feel about the kid who did the shooting, he's broken, he's godless. He needs Jesus. It's time for the church to, there's gotta be, in order for a nation to turn, the heart has to turn. You know that. Let me, let me uh, conclude. C conclude. I want to read to you out of Second Chronicles 15. Did I say the chapter, the book, and the chapter this time? So you guys all know. <clears throat> you know, there's seven, I think there's seven revivals in the Old Testament. After every one of those revivals, they always started and reinstituted 24-7 worship and prayer. Asa is a reformer. And let me just read, let me just read the first eight verses, and then I want to pray with you. You guys Okay. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Odeb, Oded, Oded. Wow. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, but anyway. Did I say Second Chronicles or First Chronicles? Second Chronicles 15. Second Chronicles 15. I did that for myself. Verse 1 through 8. 
The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded, <laughs> Oded, I'll just say that. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. Ooh. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach, without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord. This is what needs to happen. In their distress, they turned to the Lord. In their distress, they turned to the They turned to the Lord. The God of Israel and sought him. This is pre-Jesus, as you know, Old Testament. And he was found by them. Can I just read that verse? But in their distress, he turned to the Lord. They turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. In those days, it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. I don't know, I love that verse. When Asa heard these words, and the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. So take courage. He removed the detestable idols. He did something about it, right? He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he captured, he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. What needs to happen? We need to repair the altar of the Lord. Where does it start? Right here. Where does it start? In your home. Where does it start? In our neighborhood. Where could it go? Into the workplace. Well, what are you trying to say today, PG? Well, what I'm trying to say is that our country needs the Lord. That when people habitually live in sin, chaos, we pull ourselves out of covering and we leave ourselves wide open to any kind of thought. And many of that's premeditated. We're the salt of the earth. We're a light on a hill. We're the preservers of a nation. And I think that the challenge for me, I'll just, because this has been on my heart for weeks,
What do you do with a government that doesn't want to govern? We're called to govern out of relationship with the Lord. And I just want to encourage all of us, I don't know how else to say it, but arise. Arise. Prophesy. Declare. Pray. I believe that the Lord, I've heard several prophecies. I don't know how true, I mean, I don't know. You judge them, and I'm waiting, you know. Billy Graham's with the Lord. It's another general. And people are saying we're headed into a, the, one of the greatest moves of God we've ever known before because of his death, his passing. There's a mantle that dropped. Are you willing to take it? Are you willing to take that mantle? It's interesting, he didn't live to be 100, but 99. Like asking the Lord, come on, man. <laughs> 99. I want us to stand. I don't really know how to close this thing. I told you I'd try and land the plane, but. And I want, I want to, I always want to end the meeting with hope. Right? The Bible says you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. I just, I, do, I wanted to bring a, a uh, I don't know, this is kind of like serious business because it's happening way too often. And I don't know what the Lord might lead you to. The Lord might lead you to start a ministry. The Lord might lead you to do something outside the walls that, of this building that shake a nation. And I think some of you are carrying it and for some reason, you might have disregarded it or you thought, oh, it would never happen. Or I just, want to, I just want to encourage you to run with your dream. That is from the Lord. Put feet on it. See where it goes. So let's take the hand of the person next to you. I don't know. I, this, if I do the shoulder thing, people get tired. They say, eh, don't do that. The hand thing, you know, if you stretch across the aisles, I recognize that. I'll keep my prayers brief. Your arms are being stretched out. I just want to take a moment, and you guys just begin to, to pray and make some declarations over our nation. That we would come into a place of revival, that, we, that hearts would be turned, that people would be saved, healed, and delivered that we would rise up as the ecclesia of God, build an altar in our home, build an altar in the workplace, build altars all over the city in the spirit, build them. 
where the habitation of the Lord will dwell. There'd be no greater joy for me than to ever have to hear about another shooting of our children. So we declare peace in the land. Peace in the land. We declare that Lord Jesus visit people in their dreams. God, give them vision. Give them visions. God, I pray that the man in white would show up in America. God, to these young kids that are so filled with hate, we ask God you would step in. Forgive us for not praying. Forgive us for not protecting our own children. Forgive us, Lord, for putting on a uniform we don't go to work in. And we're clothed with Christ. We have the mind of Christ. The Lord dwells in every single person in this room who's given their heart to Jesus. He's given us all authority. So release it. Release it in, our, in this region, Lord. Release it in our nation. God, I, I pray that you would protect the Bay Area. Protect our schools. Protect our grammar schools, our junior high schools, our high schools. Protect our children. Protect our grandchildren. We just pray, we pray, we pray. This is how we legislate. This is how we legislate. We pray. The prayer of the righteous avails much. So we, Lord, we say bring revival. And we declare you're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. We just pray for every family that lost a loved one. Oh, God, just step in. Just step in. Step into those homes, into those hearts, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We dispatch, dispatch angels all over our nation. We dispatch them into every school, every workplace, stadium, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would give us heavenly keys for our nation, for our region. We're asking for the keys of the kingdom that we have access to, to pull on. And God, let the ecclesia arise.
Let us be more concerned about how we're influencing a nation than our attendance on Sunday mornings. God, I pray that you would raise up the prophetic voices. I pray, God, you would raise up the intercessors that will give you no rest. And we say, Lord, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. We're asking for mercy. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We ask, Lord, that you would just increase our intercession, even if it's just a few minutes more a day. Just when we see something we're watching on Twitter or whatever, just turn that into intercession, Lord. Turn into intercession. Let's believe God. So we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Release your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.